the, building influence is interesting. I mean, we can talk about that a bit. Like yeah, how exactly. I, like, why is that a priority for you as far as just being respected? Well, I don't know if being respected is a priority. Um, I do want attention. I think that is a priority for me. Like saying my number one goal is my podcast to be listened to. Cause I think I have messages to, to share and I think there's other companies and people I can promote. And so the more you know, attention you have, it's kind of like a currency uh, that, you know, people you can cash in and cash out. Hey all, it's times. Ryan Williams here. Welcome to episode 115 of the Rhino Lab stories from the influencer economy. Each episode I speak with an entrepreneur, best-selling author or business leader about how we can improve our lives by collaborating to grow our influence. Through all the years that I've studied influencers and influence online, I realized collaboration is the key to grow influence. And through that comes story. I'm excited to be launching the next cohort for Influence Academy, which is all about how to tell your story, pitch influence to collaborate. So go to influencereconomy.com. I'm offering this for the next five days where you'll get $500 off on the website, influencereconomy.com with my special code RHINO. Go to influencereconomy.com for how to find your story, pitch influencers to collaborate. Really excited for Noah Kagan this episode 115. He's a great entrepreneur. Talk about depression, anxiety, how to build winning teams, and what it takes to be a company that succeeds and thrives in the modern economy. Noah's based down in Austin, Texas, and very excited for this episode. Reminder, go to my website, influencereconomy.com, to learn more about my online course and listen to all 115 podcast archives. Thanks again, Noah Kagan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy, the Rhino Lab. I'm here with Noah Kagan. Uh, Rabbi Can't Lose is his DJ rapper name. He runs the company uh, AppSumo, which you can find at sumo.com, a website domain that they just acquired. Um, but they make a lot of great tools for uh, businesses. So, Noah, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Rhino, for having me on the show. So we, we have two websites, AppSumo.com, which is Groupon for Geeks, and then Sumo.com, which is free marketing tools for your website to get people to join your newsletter. Okay, so I use Sumo.com. Dot com. And you, uh, you also have a podcast called Noah Kagan Presents, which you recently launched. So congrats on that. Thank you. Um, and so when you Congr- go, what's, go ahead. Well, you know, it's funny. I was actually scared after it launched because I'm like, oh, now it's serious. And I, and I think it, it's too easy where a lot of the people that I've seen that have been super successful, it's not when they launch. It's like day 365. Right. Like, you know, my mom does a watermelon diet and I always tease her about it because anyone can launch something or do something for a week. But the success, holy shit, the successful ones can do it for a year and then five years and 10 years. That's what like with Zuckerberg at Facebook, I was always impressed with. Like he stuck with something for 15 years now, however long it is, 17 years uh, to be able to make it successful. And most people are like, I haven't gotten it in one month. What's going wrong? I quit. Well, it's like if you look at Facebook, they they launched without a, a wall, without a news feed. You know, essentially it was like, you, you know this better than anyone. It's like a photo sharing app for college kids. And Instagram didn't, you know, all they had were filters when they launched. And now they have video. So all these great products launched with small pieces that just grow into to more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, th- I think two pieces of that that are really fascinating that everyone should be thinking about is number one, I think most people aren't thinking big enough. They're like, oh, cool, this could be something. It's like, no, think bigger. Whatever you're thinking, times that by two, and then times that by two, and now you're thinking about the right size. And the second thing is that for everyone who's thinking about starting a business, you got to just start today. And they're always like, oh, but I got to wait for this thing and wait for this. And what I found, like, I started a gum company. 
uh, called Sumo Gum, and I'm just because I want caffeinated, I want caffeinated coffee gum. The biggest thing, biggest biggest thing, is limit your time to increase your creativity. So what most people do is like, oh, I want to start this company. Like I talked to a guy last yesterday morning, and I'm like, oh, when are you going to launch? He's like, oh, two months because I got to wait for my developer. And I'm like, well, what's the problem you're solving? Okay, is there any? How can you solve it? Not what, but how can you solve it by Sunday and see if people will pay you to solve that problem? So, anyways, limit your time, increase your creativity. I found that to be always true. Limit your time, increase your creativity. And then if you don't start, then no one's ever going to hear about you because think about all the people you talk to that ask you for advice and they're like, Hey, I'm going to build this thing. And then six months later, they still haven't done it. You know, so what's the, what's the point of asking someone for advice if you're not going to do it? So how do you, how do you handle it when people ask you for advice? Do you just tell them to start? Is that usually what your first nugget is? Yeah, this sounds mean, but I don't, I just don't give advice anymore. Yeah. I don't give advice. So I, I'm like, you're not what most people want. And this is myself included. They don't want advice. They want validation. Right. So what they want is they want to tell you their thought. It's like when you ask your boy about a girl, like, yo, what do you think about her? She cute, right? She cute. And you just want your boy to be like, yeah, yeah, man. Good job. It's the same with advice. I want you to just agree with me. So my two thoughts with that uh, are that one, I think everyone actually knows the right answer. I think everyone knows it, but they convolute. Sometimes, you know, they convolute it with all these other like uh, doubts. And so right? they're looking so they're, for you to say, hey, that's great. Keep doing it. Yeah. When in reality, they know what to do. Uh, the second thing that I've noticed is that when I give someone feedback, uh, there's, I basically ask for permission. And meaning that like most people won't actually do it. So I'm like, hey, if I give you feedback, are you interested in it? And are you likely to take action from it? Because if they're not, and most people will be like, oh, I love feedback. But you can tell. So I generally like at a restaurant, I'm like, do you actually want to hear feedback about the food? Because I'll give it to you. Uh, so I ask for permission before I give feedback. The, the thing with feedback I was thinking about today specifically is that uh, for advice or feedback in general, I really wish people would look at it as a gift. And someone said this to me and I thought it was so powerful is that feedback is the most great gift in the world because it's, it's, uh, it's improvement for yourself. It's words to improve. And it's up to you whether you want to say, I agree with you or I disagree, but you should always say thank you for feedback no matter what. And so the permission part's interesting because is that permission to be honest? Is that what you're saying? Like you have to be allowed to say things that could be negative or positive and people could take it personally. So you have to say, look, this is the real deal. Do you want this? Yeah, I've just found it helpful. I don't know where it came from, but I started noticing what if people were asking me for opinions or if I was going to offer, I'd always be like, hey, do you mind if I give you a suggestion? And for the most part, I think that basically That's a nice opens way to the say person. Yeah, when I say that, do you mind if I give you a suggestion or do you mind if I give you feedback? Most, I'd say 95% say yes. And I think once I've framed them in that way or once I've positioned it, they're actually more likely to take in what I say. Well, it's a lot of ways uh, you get people that, it's like when you're disagreeing with someone in a, in a debate or argument and you reach a point where they double down or they dig in and you can never convince them like politically, like, hey, I disagree with oh you my God, about yes. this like very you know, simple topic about is the sky purple or the sky red? And you tell me it's red, I say it's purple. And if we disagree, I may totally. double down. And, well, you know, I do think there's times where you need feedback because like maybe I'm going to a doctor or something. I need a referral or I need input from other people. Uh, I think what I've noticed overall with getting input from other people is generally you don't need more than three pieces of feedback. And ultimately what, what I found after getting feedback on discussion decisions or the things I'm thinking about is that the strongest thing is making the decision and doing it yourself. Right. And I've just found that for myself, you know, I'm like, I don't know what I should do. I don't know what I should do. And like even a stupid example, I don't know that I like what kind of painting I should get. And then once I make that decision and you frankly, once you make it, you move forward and then you could say, well, actually, I don't like this. Now I can change that. But I think what most people do is they kind of get stuck in the, the interim 
in the ether where they're just kind of floating. Like no, and it's just it's empowering, man. No man's land. Yeah, like I got this like new media center, and just the fact that I got it helped me understand and moving forward with it. I'm like, okay, now I can say, well, do I actually like a media center like this or not? Versus I think it's easy to kind of like wallow and wonder like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I just found that to enhance my overall life. That's, that's what I'm saying with feedback and then making decisions and self-empowerment. And getting back to the point about how people want a quick win and they say, oh, this, this, this happened like a two months later, they want to quit what they're doing. So you, you bought your, you made your company seven years ago and now you just said that you bought sumo.com, the domain. Yes. And so obviously you've been building this thing out. You need the money to buy the domain. Like seven years later, like, are you, are you now just like, holy shit, I can't believe I got the sumo.com website because obviously you'd wanted that for a while. Yeah, I, I, I actually don't, I don't think I, I, I'm not surprised, right? I, I think what most people neglect is that they want something within a short time frame. And if they actually have, if they really want it, there's not really a time frame around it. And I'd actually encourage everyone who's got this up in their earlobes, um, like think about what you really want where there's no time frames around, right? Like your wife, probably Ryan, I'm yeah. guessing there's no time frame on her. Yeah. And I think that's what my mission on earth is, is that everyone should be, what's that? She's indefinite. She's indefinite. And I think that's the kind of work everyone should be doing in this lifetime, right? The work where there's no time frame and the things where there's no time frame. Why? Because there's no ending. And it's something that you will continually be excited to work on. So for me, I love when people love their jobs, right? And so for Sumo, I'm like, I love what we get to work on. We help other companies grow. We provide them tools or software. And so the name, I was like, I'm going to persist pretty much forever until I have it. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I basically emailed those guys every three to six months for seven years. Wow. Uh, and it was, you know, it's something I wanted. And I think what, what most people do is that if you don't know what you want, that's really hard. But once you know what you want, it's easy to get it. Right. Uh, so spending that time to figure out what you actually want is really what, uh, what takes some of the time. And you've spent your life before you started this company, you've worked for other big like venture backed startups like in California. And so you've worked, yeah. for, you've worked for like big companies in early stages of their growth. So now that you have your own company, like, and you say you wanted people to do what they love or, you know, appreciate it. Like how it's such an easier thing to say than do because you paid your dues, right? A lot of people now just think that they're, somewhat entitled like oh, now I'm an entrepreneur because I went to business school or I'm no longer a lawyer and there's really a lot more in between to launch a company like yours yeah I have so many examples I'm trying to think about which one to begin um, you know someone emailed me and they said I want something they're like hey can you give me feedback on my business and I was like I don't even know you right like I've been doing this 16 years I'm pretty or 17 years now I'm pretty good at it you know I've worked with Zuckerberg and all these guys at all these companies but I, I, I did put in the work and I think what most people want is not to put in the work, in, but they want the result. And a lot of times it's actually the work in the process that's the rewarding part, even though it's hard. It's like going to the gym, like, yeah, it's hard, but you always feel better afterwards. And then it's only after doing it for a long period of time do you actually get the results. And, and so if you look at it, like, what's the fundamental of that? It's sustainability, right? So how do you create something that is sustainable? How do you go to the gym sustainable? How do you work on a business that's sustainable? How do you work on something towards what you want that's sustainable uh, where you know, I, I have noticed certain groups. I don't think it's only millennials. It's a lot of people like, hey, I didn't get this what I wanted within three months. I'm going to give up. Right. And so I think what I've noticed for What's people so easy is to that, blame millennials for everything right now. Dude, it's oh, the weather. It's the millennials. Mm -hmm. They're dude, so entitled right. to good weather. <laughs> yeah, they're all in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I noticed with uh, that is that I think when you know how long something should take, it makes it actually easier to go through it, meaning uh, if you know that like a blog post, so like one of the blog posts on okdork.com or my podcast. So 
just for an example, on my podcast, it takes me for like a seven to 10 minute clip. It takes me about two to three hours just to record it. Cause I'm like doing it again and again and again and again and again. And I, and people are like, Oh, it takes two or three hours. Wow. Like, yes, that's what it's going to take to create a podcast or an episode, a singular one. That's only a few minutes long. That's really great in my opinion. Uh, and so I think when people know that, you know, maybe a great blog post, if you're not spending 20 to 30 hours on a blog post, it's not going to be great. Or like your business, your business probably won't be making seven figures for two years. And so well, it's I think interesting you say that because I, so I asked you to join my podcast like a year ago when I first mm-hmm. got connected with you. Yeah. And I, never, you, I think you, I don't even think you turned me down. We just moved on to something else. But then sure enough, like you just launched a podcast and you're like, Hey, let's do this now. Where it's like a lot of people want like a quick yes or no. Like I need a definite answer where it's like in a lot of business opportunities, it's such a, it's like a give and take a longer flow into getting things that are good for you. I was, I was literally just talking to my friend about it. My friend Len from Groove HQ uh, last night. It was so interesting because we were working and I was like, Len, you're going to promote my podcast, right? You know, the greedy Jew Noah came out and uh, he's like, dude, calm down. You know, I'm a good, he's Jewish too, but uh, he's like DJ rabbi. (laughs) He, you know, Len's awesome, but it was such an interesting thing because he's like, of course I'm going to promote it, dude. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, Len, how can I help you? I'm being such a greedy fuck. And he's like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, we're friends. Of course I want to help you. Because, like, I know you help me too whenever I've needed help. And it really, this was so interesting. Because literally earlier that day, uh, somebody I don't really know well messaged me on Skype. And they're like, hey, can I get a quote for my book? And I was like, you want a quote for your book? Like, what's the book about? He's like, this. And I was like, dude, I'm really busy. I don't have time for the book. I don't have time for a quote right now. He's like, well, what if I write it for you? And I was like, it just doesn't make sense. I want to read the book and give you a real quote if, I, if I'm going to put my name on it. And he's like, I thought you were such a nice guy. <laughs> and then he's like, you seem so self-centered. What? And, and my response was, I am a nice guy and I am self-centered. And I blocked him at that point. Yeah. So he probably won't be you able to You could do both. This. You could be self-centered yeah, you can't and be, nice. be a giver. I think people should be self-centered. Like, and I can tell you about how our hiring is. Like, I love hiring selfish people. Um, so with that, it was interesting to see like, all right, I had one guy who literally asked me for probably like 20 seconds of a quote, which I, would, I didn't want to give. And I have another friend who, like, if he needed to email my whole mailing list, if he needed a promotion on AppSumo, right. if he wanted to sue me for free, like, I would do anything. And I was like, what is the difference? What is the difference? And the difference is a relationship. The difference is that, to your point, I think that's so valid. It's the same thing as in a business. It's not going to happen right away. So if you want to work with some big celebrity or if you want to be an influencer, your influence is going to take six to 12 months to actually get there. So think of, like, the people that have gotten influence. So, like, let's say the Summit Series people. They did a free summit. And it took them a year to two years to actually build up a thing where now they have a, you know, people want to go to their summits. Right. Or like a famous, you know, anybody, even Tim Ferriss took him three years to really like get significant influence that now people are like, holy shit, I need to go talk to this guy. But a lot of people, and he put out a ton of blog posts for free of amazing content. Most people now want to put out one blog post and they're like, oh, I'm not Instagram famous like this. You know, I'm going to quit. I know right. we'll uh, change things. What's well, interesting because we would email and you said, hey, what can I do to help you? You asked me. And I actually didn't even have, I didn't know what to say. Cause it's like, I'm not gonna ask someone for help just to ask them for help. Like, I think a lot of people I, feel like they wanna take it up like, oh, I need to execute on this now. It's like, no, this is a longer game here. Like if I yeah, need something I in a year, I'd rather, now. what's that? I actually hate that question. Um, the one I, and, and I do apologize, I wanna apologize. I think <laughs> shitty. Well, and, and why it's because it's too heavy. No, I don't like it either. Cause it makes you feel like, oh, I need to cash this in or I need to like, I, I, so I, it's funny, I was talking to my friend before I just came on with you, and he's a startup, and I said that you'd ask me that, and I said I didn't even have anything to ask for. And he's like, oh, that's cool. At least you have them on your podcast. I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the point. 
Like, I think relationships, yeah. people burn through them like underwear because they don't know how to just let them ebb and flow into things that they could become instead of looking for that quick deal or quick win. Totally. And it's not like in the best interest of the other person to help you. The two things that I've noticed, so for you, what I, the way I would encourage everyone else out there, especially your listeners, um, is instead of saying, hey, how can I help you? Because that's a common question and it's yeah. a lazy question and it's my fault. So what I like to do is two things. One, either do a bunch of research and know what their priority. So for me, my priority right now, number one is getting 100,000 uh, podcast listeners per episode. So if someone emailed me and said, hey, I want to help you with that, here's what I'm going to do, I would probably respond to their email and, and, and engage with them. Uh, so the question, so number one, go find like Ryan Williams, like, Hey Ryan, I know you're launching your book or you have your book or you're working on your new book. Here's what I can do for you related to that. You'd probably respond. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. The second thing is if you don't know their priority, you're like uncertain, be like, Hey man, give some flattery. That's genuine. I really love your work. You know, what's the biggest priority that you're working on? I want to be able to come back and offer you something for free. I really want to just help out. Can you let me know what your biggest task that you're, you're taking on right now or your one task? So something that's a lighter question and you can even go super light. Hey, just can you talk to me? Just tell me, let me know what you're working on today. I want to see where I can help you out. I just want to contribute. And then I would just say, well, I'm working on this. And then, then that person should come back and offer the help around it. And then people shouldn't worry about like, oh, I'm not getting paid or hey, I'm not getting anything for this because it's not about the money. It's about helping someone and potentially building a friendship or a relationship. I, I, I kind of look to the people that give me energy, frankly, man. Yeah. That, that's, so, you know, is it transactional sometimes? Sometimes. I'm not going to like people are like, no, so, there's people like, yeah, I'd like to meet them because I either I want to get them on my show or I want to partner with them. But generally I approach things, I, I call it a WIFT formula. WIFT. Okay. It's, it's, an not, it's not a fart. It is an acronym. Uh, a WIFT formula is what's in it for them. Uh-huh. Right. So the WIFT is like, if I'm emailing someone, like I'll be like, hey, I want to promote you to hundreds of thousands of people. Or, hey, I want to like help you do something specific. Or, hey, I wanted to connect you with someone. So I generally think if you're emailing or trying to reach out to people, think about it in the WIFT framework what's in it for them, uh, and it'll help you structure your kind of concepts a lot better. That's a smart way to think about it. So when you talk to people, like you're at a party, you know, and people have no context who you are, and you're, you're DJ... Uh, DJ PB. DJ PB. And they're like, hey, man, what do you do? Like, what's your, what are you up to? How yeah. do you explain what you do? So, I, you know, I, I've changed a lot. I used to think, I, I used to say, like, I'm retired, or I used to say I work at Office Max. Um, and... The, I guess I just found it, especially in LA, people love doing that and then they love to put you on your status level, on your status ladder. You're like, all right, and you're important there. So generally what I try to do is not be like a specific, I'll say, I like, I play on computers. And like, what do you mean you play on computers? Yeah, I basically like go like this and then money comes to me from the sky. <laughs> and it, and what, I, what I'm generally trying to do when I do that is that I'm looking to create more of like one person relationship where I just talk to them about their life. And so I'll generally transition that to other things. Because uh, I find that stuff a little bit more interesting sometimes than work. And it's not that I don't like work. I just think it's boring to always talk about it. Uh, other things I'll do sometimes, like when someone asks me that, I'll just like make up things about them. Like, oh, you look like you love to go sailing. Yeah. It's very interesting to probably make up something about yeah. someone. And it is actually so crazy. It's like, oh, you look like a rock climber. And probably 50% of the time they're like, I am a rock climber. Or they're like, no, I don't rock climb, but I do this. And that actually creates, I would say, a deeper and a better connection that ends up with the other person. And they're also like flattered that you think that they have like a physical fit enough body that they would rock climb. I would love people to come up and make stuff about me. Like, <laughs> hey, you look Christian. I'm like, well, that's crazy. How'd you but know? I'm not Christian, <laughs> but thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> yeah. My ex-girlfriend's name is Christian. I don't know, something like that. Um, uh, so but then, yeah, what I do, I play on computers and, uh, and then I try to like just move it to more something like uh, just go below the surface. And I try to go below the surface as fast as possible. 
And so what's your, so you've, you've talked before in your life about you've been through depression periods and I've been through depression. I've talked about it on the podcast before, specifically when I was in my early twenties uh, in Washington, DC, I was doing stand up comedy and that kind of helped me get out of the depression. Um, comedy did with people not laughing at your stuff probably helped me realize that, that I need to move on with my life and like get my stuff together. <laughs> and I met my girlfriend who's now my wife and she told me I yeah. wasn't funny. Like literally my wife's like, you're a better marketer at the comedy shows than actually performing at the comedy shows. Hon, how'd you deal with that? The, the rejection? The idea that, uh, that you weren't going to be the comedian, but you were going to be the promoter of those kind of people. It was the biggest relief ever to actually realize that. Ooh, that's so interesting. Because I had the weight of the world on my shoulders that I had to be the comedian. I took improv classes, and I used to do, I used to do uh, I was a host at the DC Improv Comedy Club to like network with like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and all these big names and watch them live. And Mitch Hedberg, who if you've ever seen is the funniest comedian ever. And I just put so much time into it that it was like a relief that I didn't have to do that anymore. You ever had that where like you focus on one thing so badly that it's kind of sucks everything out of you that you're like, Oh God, I can finally just X that off my list that I don't have to do that. I think of it. Uh, yes, a lot of times. And I think that's kind of come back to what we were earlier saying, where you know the answer, where you maybe have known you weren't a great comedian. And that's like, there's literally not a, an answer for it. The answer is not, because sometimes it's like you got to persist and go through it. And then maybe you actually could still become some type of comedian. Uh, I think of it generally as like um, an anchor becomes loose. So for example, like, have you ever, like, if you're thinking of buying something and then someone else buys it or you end up not buying it and you're like, oh, I'm so relieved. Like, I was, I was looking at buying a house years ago and I was, like, stressing about it. And I think generally what it kind of indicated or what I'm looking for is that, like, don't settle. And when you know when you want something, you know. You're like, that's exactly what I want or I feel good. Like, there's that emotional connection where you're like, oh, this feels right. Right. Uh, and so once it's gone, like, with that house, I was like, oh, I'm just so much lighter. Yeah. And so I think for people uh, with depression or just in general, like, one thing that I think about is that, like, how would I feel if I didn't have this? Right. Like, if I didn't have this house or someone else got it or I wasn't doing this, like, if I didn't have it, how would it feel? And I'm like, better. Like, my car. I got rid of my car and I'm like, oh, so, I, I lost money. I lost $15,000 because I just wanted it gone. And I felt, I'm so happy about it. You got it. rid of your car? And just... Oh, yeah. It was at least a car, which I've never done before. And I was just like, I got to I don't want it. It's just like, it's weighing me down. You don't have so a car anymore? No, I don't. Okay. And I'm and not like some hipster like thing about that. I just hated the car. Like, and it's, it was a nice car too. But for, the point was for me, what kind of like car having was a nicer, it? it was like this brand new Jag convertible oh, F type. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good. Um, I'm not apologizing about it. We already talked about no apologies. Yeah. Uh, what I realized though, I just don't value that. I want to get a, like a 1995 Miata because that excites me. So the point I think coming back to is just like letting go of weight, letting go of the things that you don't really want and then invest in focusing even more on the things you really, really, that really matter to you. Well, when you go through the depression and now you as a leader of a company, does that affect how you manage situations with people, especially with people going through like volatile situations where they're angry or frustrated or depressed? I, I think we should clarify. I, I do notice that a lot of people call like a bad day depression. And there's a big difference. Depression yeah. or they're like, man, OCD. I'm like, you're not OCD. You just like things clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, that's not OCD. That's my mom is OCD. Like she can't be happy unless there's like everything spotless. She's and she's, she, she wash her hands a lot. She, I mean, she washes everything a lot. And she like she washes everything everywhere, and that and so that's OCD. So depression to me is like long term, like consistent. Like I'm unhappy about things, and I've felt that for many years. And I, you know, this is weird. I haven't really felt sad 
in like two months. And especially running a business, you're going to have these days where you make a lot of money and then you have days where you make no money and you just go through a roller coaster. Uh, one technique that I came up with that seems to actually work for depression, um, I have a few of them, but one of them that I thought was really interesting is that I don't think when we're going through good and bad days, we recognize the good days. Right. You're just like, oh, that every day sucks. But you're like, actually, most days are pretty good. So what you do is you take a calendar. So I'm just going to hold a piece of paper. So you take a calendar and then you just do a happy face, a neutral face or a sad face and do it for 30 days. And you do it at the, at the end of a day. And at the end of every day, you just make a happy face or a sad face or a neutral face. And at the end of the month, you'll probably be like, oh, there's actually a lot more happy days than I thought. Uh, and so what I do. That's a very cognitive. Not, yeah. Like and it's because co- you just. Cognitive therapy is all about like you got to totally. just write everything you've done. It's almost like when you're in sales, you need to like write all your leads down. And even if you've got like 100 leads and you've got zero sales, it still makes you feel accomplished that you have 100 people that you reached out to. Totally. You got to see. I mean, I think when you see that, number one, you feel happier. Another technique that I've used, um, and I'm going to go into, because I think there's techniques that help surface, and then there's like root level things about, damn, you're fucked up. Yeah. Uh, some other techniques and root things. So technique is called Gebby. Uh, Gebby is something I came up with my buddy Adam. It's called, it's gratitude, exercise, breakfast, and you. I don't know if you've heard me talk about this. No. Uh, but grat- basically, every morning I'd wake up, for 2012, I pretty much felt like shit every day. Um, and so, and it sucks, dude. You wake up and you're just like, why do, what's the point? I remember I was like, why even be alive today? But you're still and running a company and you had employees and. Oh yeah. And you have to like fake it, but people can read, I don't know, maybe it's just me and I'm like that obvious, but people can see through it. If you're not feeling well, if you're not acting well, uh, someone said it, I don't keep it out of the office. <laughs> you keep it out of the office if you're not in that good mood, uh, which well, I mean, like, is debatable. Cause but kind of if you're the CEO, your feelings permeate. Like I've had some bipolar CEOs that literally we're screaming with happiness the one day and screaming at yelling at everyone the next. And that trickles down to the mood of everyone. Yeah, man. I, I generally think if you're the CEO and I don't generally call myself, a, I don't call myself a CEO. Um, but keep it out of the office. Like if you're yeah. not feeling great, like stay out of the office. So the Gebby thing for me worked, which like every morning I'd email my friend Adam. And so everyone needs an accountability buddy. And basically your accountability buddy is the person who's always cheerful and always like supportive in a good way. Like, do you have a friend like that? Yeah, definitely. Who's your friend? My wife. She's just always like strong. She's like rock. Right? Yeah, I was depressed and I met her and then she like was like, don't do comedy anymore. And then boom, all these other great things happened. Damn. Um, yeah, so Adam, I email what I'm grateful for. So like, and every day you'd have to be grateful for something. So I'd email, like my favorite one was hot water. I just was always like, this is so cool. You know, you, you like hit this button and it's then amazing. like hot water comes out. It's so cool. Uh, exercise, so do some movement, a walk, exercise, whatever. Breakfast, I love breakfast, so I was like, what am I going to have for breakfast today? It was exciting. And he then also you. amazing internet on the airplane. Dude. Huge. Louis C.K. does a great bit about that, where he's like, he, he's like, I can't believe people get so mad that their internet doesn't work on the airplane. Literally, we are 20,000 feet in the air, and I am on my phone. I'm, a, I'm talking and texting to my wife. Anyway, but yeah, so these little moments <sighs> of gratitude. Totally, man. And then last one is you. So it's like, what's the one thing you're gonna do for yourself today? And I'll tell you, man, I did that. And like, no matter what, even if you're in a bad mood, like that kind of shit cheered me up. So that really helped me get through it. Uh, a few other things, like I go to therapy. I still go every two weeks. Yeah, I go to therapy. Um, do you go as well? Yeah. Is it is it required in LA? That's what I heard. For everyone that lives like here, yes. Yeah, it's like a city law. Yeah, except for millennials, because they, they're just beyond fixing. Um, ah. No, so therapy, I always recommend people, they go and they find a professional. Like it could be a life coach, it could be a career counselor, it could be a therapist, but yeah, getting a professional outside perspective is totally helpful. You know, it's funny. I, I think the word therapy just is a bad word. Like I call my guy a mind coach. Uh huh. 
And it just sounds so much better. Like, <laughs> dude, go to a mind coach? Yeah, yeah, Because think about it. It's a specialist. We, he is a specialist in listening. Because, like, you can't see yourself without a mirror. So how can you see your mind without, uh, like, a mind mirror? So I just, you know, kind of a mind coach. And it just really helps me think about things like, you know, I had this phase this year or last year, excuse me. I was settling for things. And he's like, dude, it's not like you keep settling for shit. You should stop settling and make it stop making that a habit. So uh, therapists really help me go deeper on certain things. But how do you then let the, so like right now we're talking about this freely and opening openly and you're yeah. letting your guard down and obviously people at your company can listen to this. That and, is weird. You know, but like uh, that's the kind of management or leadership or whatever you want to call it, you style you have. Why does that work for you versus ever most other people that would not feel comfortable talking about this type of like real shit that they're going through? Yeah. Let me think about that. I am concerned at times about how it influences the people at the company. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have them have some relationship to me and, and I'd rather be straight up with them uh, about like what I'm going through or what, how I'm feeling. Like I wouldn't bring like the therapy sessions back to the office and like do a di uh, diagnostic or whatever you want to call it. Like oh, a debrief, excuse me. Uh, but generally, yeah, I want to feel, I want them to feel comfortable. And I've noticed that like kind of in the, the whole, it, it makes sense, but the more that I've been open, the more that other people feel easier to be open with me, which you're like, Oh yeah, obviously Noah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's anything I, I don't really feel that uncomfortable sharing. And is that so, like, but then how, so how do you separate it then for your, your business side? So you're chief sumo, right? You're not the CEO. Yeah. So that's yeah. obviously a cultural identifier you've made that you're not just like the boss. You're the chief. Sorry, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say. I was just listening to you. Yeah, so uh, that's think, that's like obviously a, you've made the effort to not be this overarching lord of the company. <laughs> um, so how would you describe like your style? Is it just like get things done and we'll all we'll be happy? What's my style? I think there's a few things about my style. I think I have high standards, which I don't even think they're that high. But when other people tell me they're high, I'm like, I don't know. That's just my standard. Uh, so I think it's good to have high standards. I think if you don't know what your high standard is, go work for someone that has high standards. It'll help improve your standards. Like working for Zuckerberg or working at Mint. Like I, I raised my standards. Number two, have clear goals. So if you're trying to lead people, have like, yo, here's, it's like you, you got to tell them where the fuck you're going, right? And you got to tell them why you're going there. And then for the most part, the, the phrase I always like to say is like, we hire adults and then we leave them alone. Uh, so I, I really like that. And, and recently I met the, the founder of the restaurant Alinea, which is one of my favorite restaurants in the world. I highly recommend everyone going. And what he said, I thought was so powerful. And this is something that I've been really strong about is if you ever meet an, an A player, or if you ever meet someone who is like, holy fuck, amazing, do what it ever takes to associate with that person or work with that person. And that's how we actually started the restaurant. And so that, that really left an impression with me, uh, where now, like when I'm doing my podcast, like I'm recruiting a dream team. Uh, of people to help me build out my content and build out the product. And the same with Sumo. Like, we built a dream team of people that I'm like, these are really fucking impressive people. Uh, and I think when you've worked with someone like that, you know. And you ever work with someone and you're just like, holy shit, you're like, you got it done, I didn't have to ask you twice? Right, like they raise their game without you even having to tell them to. Totally. I mean, and people want, uh, everyone knows about autonomy, uh, but to actually have autonomy towards a purpose is very powerful. So is that one of the right? more, like, requisite... Uh, traits of people that you hire would be autonomous uh, work and being able to manage themselves more? Well, I'm trying to think of a specific person. So I'll take Barr. He's Jewish like me too. So we don't hire only Jews. We're, we welcome all what's ethnicities. His, what's his DJ name? Is he the, is he what is DJ? Oh, I don't know. I got to ask Trey him. Trey Barr. Like Trey Barr could work. Trey Barr. Okay, that's good. Uh, bar class. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the th in, bar in terms fly. Of, ooh, no, he's not a bar fly though. Uh. 
but yeah, in terms of the elements of him, I'd say like what, what makes someone successful that I've worked with are in terms of the attributes of successful people, uh, great attitude. So I worked at Facebook and I think everyone's kind of a dick there. Most people are like very arrogant. And I'm like, dude, you didn't create it. You're just like one of 10,000. Like, don't be so cocky. I just don't like arrogant people. I like confident people, not arrogant. Uh, two, just positive attitude. I think working with positive people just makes an environment fun to be at. Um, third is persistence. He's on sales, but someone who's persistent. Uh, fourth is follow-up. I love, I, well, love or hate. I hate people who don't follow up. I love people who follow up. And five, I think it's, we call it up-leveling. So you want to surround yourself with people who up-level you and the business. And when they're around you, you know. If you have to ask if they're up-leveling you, they're not. So up-leveling means it's like they're raising their game to raise your game in return, like with... They, bringing them raises your game and the company game. And so you're not going to necessarily have that for every single role. Sometimes you just need someone to like hit, you know, some monkeys, not at our company, but some monkeys to just hit the buttons. Uh, but generally, when you start working with higher quality people, and everyone thinks they're high quality until you meet high quality. Uh, I, I was just thinking about like, I don't know if people look in the mirror and think that they're good looking, but I think everyone thinks they're probably good looking. Um, they're it's shocked the same thing. to find that other people don't find them good looking. <laughs> yeah. Why is everyone swiping left? I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm yeah, all when alone you start... again on Tinder. Oh, God. Uh, dude, I'm all about J-Swipe or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but the point being is that once you actually work with higher quality people, you don't ask. You can. It's obvious. Like when he came in, he was the first guy in our sales team that Anton was running. And it was just like, holy shit, why didn't we do this sooner? And how do? And then it actually sets like Eric for development. We hired Eric and then we fired our previous developer because Eric just set the bar so high. And so then are you there like five days a week? Do you travel much? Or are you pretty much like in the office? I'll tell you about depression again, going back to that, <laughs> going back to depression. Let's make this Depre really sad for everyone. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not sad. I'm I think, um, I think with depression and things like that, it's generally because you're not, like things aren't going the way you want them to go. And then it's like, well, what do I need to change to have it be that way so that I can feel better? And, and it's like this, it's like my morning routine, right? So my morning routine, it's the same as your life routine. Like you got to keep iterating on it and working to be like, all right, well, what would make things better? What worked in the past? What things can I take out? What things can I add? Uh, so for me with the company in the past 18 months, I go to the office five days a week and I fucking hate going to an office. I have no problem saying that. I think an office is kind of like it's the modern jail cell. And so I don't really want to go. It, I don't really want to go to a job and check in at a company. But what I do want is like, I want to work from home because I find myself more productive. It's quieter. I get more shit done and I feel better being here. And I love the people I work with. I don't like, oh, I like them. I love them. They're all amazing people. Uh, and so what I really want is I want to work from home most of the week, go to the office sometimes. And then I want to work remotely because I find that when I work in new environments, I just get fucking like excited and I get new ideas. And so I think for everyone out there, you have to figure out like, what is your flow zone or your productivity zone? So I found that like five to 9 a.m. is my productivity zone mm -hmm. so far. And so I'm like, or not so far, for now. So I like maximize 5 to five a.m. I get up at 5 a.m. every day and I challenge anyone out there to do it. Uh, you can text me if you wake up, 510-866-NOAH. Text me at 5 a.m. I'll be up, not on weekends. Don't fucking text me on weekends, especially <laughs> national people. Uh, but I'm up at 5 a.m. Central Time. By yourself? By myself. I just, unless, you know, a girl's staying over. Uh, or it's a slumber party with my boys. I don't know. And <laughs> JR is in the house. JR, dude, I love that guy. Uh, yeah, and so... In terms of coming back to the company, yeah, so I do my productivity zone. So I think the point being in business and in life, you have to recognize the things that give you energy and where you're really in your sweet spots, either in the things that you've done in your sweet spots. So my sweet spot is like during these time periods, 
And then the things I want to work on that are my sweet spot, it's not recruiting. And this is what's crazy about a company, man. The things that you hate, there are someone else out there who loves. And that is unbelievable. And you've got to find that person who loves it and find the best person who loves it and then leave them the fuck alone. Give them the goal, give them some coaching if they want it and support and then leave them the fuck alone. Let them do their thing. So like Troy on webinars, we just hired him. The guy loves doing webinars. I'm like, you want to do this? He's like, dude, I love it. Samantha on recruiting. I'm like, you want to talk to these fucking people every day? She's like, oh yeah, the power. I've got all this power. I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) You know, Jamie on support. Yeah. What do they believe in? Like, what do you think you be- they believe in? Is it the company? It's the product? Is it the the team? Uh, like, what is it? You're, what are you selling them that they're like? Yeah, I want to run with like recruiting people. You know, I actually that's a, if I had to be straight up about it, I think they like the roles maybe more than the company. So I think they like the company perks. I think they like their coworkers. I generally ca- I call it the four P's of what you want in a job, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I would say for Samantha, she wants to be an amazing recruiter. And we've given her a place that makes it easy and able for her to be a successful recruiter. And I think the same with Troy. He wants to be a great webinar and we have talented people and it gives him the place to do that. Um, and so I think really, number one, it's the role because everyone is selfish as we talked about. So when, I, when we interview people, I'm like, tell me your dream job, your dream position. They're like, I want to be doing this. And if that aligns with us, if that actually is like, you know, I don't know if this video is going to go out, but if it aligns, then that's a great hire. If it doesn't align, like they're like, like someone for marketing, we're looking for a junior marketer and uh, they're like, yeah, in a few years I want to be like leading a team, but I don't know if it'll be in sales or what. I'm like, oh, you clearly don't want to keep growing in marketing. So you're not a good fit versus someone who's like, oh, I want to be a marketer. I want to be a pro marketer. And this is my gateway to get there. Right. So I found that really helpful. The, the four piece thing, I think everyone running a company sucks, by the way. I don't know for anyone who wants to start a business. It's fucking horrible. Go get a job. Getting a job is way cooler. It's, it's easier. It's way easier. People tell you what to do. Which is actually nice. Like sometimes it's refreshing, it right? You're like stupid. Yeah, you hate your yeah. boss, but you're still like, okay, at least I know what to do. Well, my boss is a dick, dude. I hate that no guy. <laughs> um, no, but sometimes it's nice. I think about being a dog. I'm like, you know, a dog's life is so cool, right? Like everything is just planned. And like, yes, you don't have options, but you don't know there's options, right? So you don't know that it's not. Camp- sometimes options are bad. Um, getting off track, but coming back to the uh, company thing, I think the four P's is like. Starting a company sucks, and what everyone wants, whether you're in a company, whether you're running a company, or whether you're whatever else you are, I don't know, third part, unemployed, uh, the four P's basically, it's like, you wanna work on something, a product, right? Right, you wanna work with people, right? Right. You wanna work with purpose, and I don't want the fourth one, Do price. you have a lot of acronyms? This is amazing, like, have you, is this what you do, with, like, how to explain things more easily to people, is having the acronyms? I think acronyms and stories are the best way for people to actually remember I'm things. I'm undervaluing acronyms in my life. I need more. Like this is helping me to realize that like I'm leveling up my acronym game because I don't product, use them yeah. as much. Like, oh, purpose people product. Yeah, purpose people. I was trying to think of it. It's purpose people product, three Ps, not four. So that's what everyone wants in a job. Everyone wants, oh, and paid. They are the fourth okay. one. Well, I hate when people have, you know what's bullshit to me? Wait, when pur- people have pur- company. Purpose, people. Product. Product and pay. Paid. So what that means is that in, if you run a company, I want to have purpose. So I love helping small businesses. I just like doing that, right? I want a product that I love, right? Uh, I want to work around amazing people and I want to get fucking paid. And this is true whether I work at a company or I run a, whether I run a company. And I think people just assume that when you run a company, it's all better. But frankly, if I could get those four P's working for someone else now, I would. But Sumo for me offers me that. So someone listening to this right now who's familiar with you, they know you run Sumo. But they also know you as like you had Jason Freed on your podcast and Tim Ferriss and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And 
that you speak at conferences, how much of that stuff like do you do to help your business build these relationships? How much of it do you do because it helps your ego? You know, how much of it do you do because you just love to communicate and share stories with people? Because some people, they want to start a podcast to like connect with influencers, right? Which is not the, the best advice ever to connect with influencers. It's a lot of time to create a podcast. But obviously you have these relationships. So why is that important? Why aren't you just someone in Austin who has AppSumo and lives a good life and could buy a Jaguar? But, well, I, why can't you have both? Let's do option well, C. That's what I'm saying, right? Because some people want like the connections with big influential people and other people want a sustainable business. But you have somehow managed to, to pull off both. Yeah, I, I don't um, – Like why do you do that? Fun. Why are you curious about it? I, I think you have to come back. There's two, a few things. But number one, it's like I just go towards the energy. And I know that sounds a little hippy-dippy. But like when I get to meet people that are smart or interesting or doing anything that like I find like interesting for me, like I just go towards it. I'm like I just want to be around you. So like my buddy Len who does marketing, I love being around him. Or talking to Tim about things he's working on. I'm like I want to be around that. Uh, and so I'm kind of attracted to – I'm not chasing, but I'm like, I just spend, I try to maximize my time around things that give me more energy and reduce things that take away energy. Um, and so that's that. And I mean, in terms of speaking, I think previously it used to be ego. Uh, and I've kind of avoided speaking publicly because it takes a lot of time uh, to, and a lot, to create a speech. And then you have to fly there and all this other stuff for like one hour. Uh, and from a business perspective, it's just easier to sit at my desk, send one email and make more money or have more influence than uh, traveling for a conference. So now for conferences, it's either I want to go to the location or I think there's going to be other people there like 212, this conference in Colorado that I've gone to. And I'm like, man, there's really great people there. Right. The, building influence is interesting. I mean, we can talk about that a bit. Like yeah, how exactly. Like, why is that a priority for you as far as just being respected? Well, I don't know if being respected is a priority. Um, I do want attention. I think that is a priority for me. Like saying my number one goal is my podcast to be listened to because I think I have messages to, to share and I think there's other companies and people I can promote. And so the more, you know, attention you have, it's kind of like a currency uh, that, you know, people you can cash in and cash out at different times. Uh, I think it, ultimately with all this, it's like what excites me and what am I really interested in? So doing the podcast, and this is a, a question my friend Jordan from Art of Charm, who I, you probably know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Jordan. And what he said to me is like, what, what would you work on that you would work on for free? And I was like, dude, that's so good. And, I, you know, a lot of the best advice you've heard before. Uh-huh. You've, like, any, I don't think there's anything I'm saying that people are like, Man, that's revolutionary. This guy's the You've future. heard that before. You've heard it before. But You've heard it before. Gotta... Jordan wasn't the first person to tell you that. Yeah, I have heard it before. You've probably told people that. I have. Damn it. Uh, that's he, maybe he why. You off. <laughs> What's that? He ripped you off. I know. Son of a B. Uh, but he said, what would you work on that you'd work on for free? And I was like, dude, I would do a podcast and my content stuff because I just love doing it. Yeah. And like meeting people. So like I'm starting a sumo gum. And I want to learn about gum and like how it's made. So I just hit up like the founder of Glee Gum. It's like this hippie organic. And I was like, hey, I just really find you. I'm starting a gum company. You have a gum company. I can promote you a little bit. And I think it'd be fun to connect. And she's like, she actually responded, are you trying to get me to sponsor your business? <laughs> and I was like, no. I was like, I just want to learn about your gum company and see if I can help promote she's it. She's coming on the podcast. I don't know if it'll be on the podcast, uh, but we have a call in two weeks. And so I think you kind of have to think about what, do you, what would you do if you weren't going to get paid and go towards that, like JR, our good friend with, uh, with video, right? Like he loves yeah. making videos and that's, you know, I think more people are kind of like, they fight the, I don't know, there's some phrase, but they're, they're not going towards that stuff. And then they're generally unhappy with the work they're doing. And so how do you balance that though with like getting paid for your gum project? Cause you can take the risk right now cause you have a sustainable business to pilot a gum program. 
So it's taken so, you years really to get to the point. Yeah. And I've helped, we have a, a product called monthly1k.com where we've helped people start businesses. And I mean, buy it if you want. There's a lot of free stuff online already um, to how to start a business. But what I have noticed uh, is that if you're broke on the fucking street or if you're like, and I have a few people who I, I talk to regularly that are like, dude, I'm on paycheck to paycheck. Do whatever it takes. So don't listen. You can zone out. Skip this part of the podcast. But, you know, seriously, just go drive Uber, go on work for Instacart, go on business gigs, go be TaskRabbit, go post on Facebook like, hey, I'm working for friends. Go do that shit. Uh, but for everyone else, like, I think you can, I, I think the true joy and bliss in life is that your work gives you purpose. It's like an Ayn Rand stuff a little bit. And I like that my work is in purpose. So I would try to do, and I think you should follow things you're interested in and work on that. So for like this gum, for instance, I would, if I was broke, like dead broke, I wouldn't be doing the gum thing. I would do the gum thing in the morning and at night and on weekends. Right. All right. Too many people like, it's all these people like, yeah, I want to start a business. I'm like, what'd you do Friday night? Oh, me and my boys got drunk. I'm like, what'd you do Saturday? Yeah. You know, Saturday, Saturday, soccer ball. I'm like, all right, you don't really want it. Uh, and so for the people who really want it, like I would try to make a business around the things you're interested in. And it gets back, it gets back to like the choices when you're your own boss to start your own business and you have too many choices like of what to do with your time, then usually that's not structured for yourself to succeed versus if you had a boss that was like, cause if, you know, right? Like, cause if you're Friday night, you're like, I'm gonna go get drunk. If you had a boss, it was like, you got a deadline, you would not get drunk. But if you're like, Hey, I'm going to start my own little, yeah. you know, um, video game company and it's a hobby and I want to do a Kickstarter, but I've got drunk last night. It's like, it's really hard to manage your own small business. You know, it's like without that I pressure. Think it's a, I don't know if it's backwards. I think, I think it's kind of how each person uh, manages themselves. I think by the time you're over 25, you probably have an idea of how you are and changing is a little bit harder. And I know in my, now I'm in my thirties, change is definitely getting harder. So I have to be aware of that and go into change. Uh, number one, I'd find an accountability partner. So if people are having a hard time following through with shit, like go find someone who always follows through with shit and pay them or just have them available. I have a friend that every week on Sundays, I email him what things I'm working on this week and I review what I did last week. Uh, my, my point, and I'll just reiterate it, is that it's not about the Saturday or Sunday thing. It's like, I think people should do the jobs they really love. Like if you love being a nurse, you should go after being a nurse and try to be the best nurse. Right. If you love, like for me, I love, there's three things I love. And I, I just reflected on it. I, and everyone can do this. Look back over the past six months, and if nothing in six months, look over the past six years. What have you worked on that you were so fucking excited that you woke up early and you stayed up late to work on. Mm -hmm. What That's, are those two things? Yeah. Like for you, it, it sounds like, you know, doing the podcast and then writing a book. I mean, yeah. what, what did I was you giving a I gave a talk a couple of weeks ago. It was really like I worked super hard on, like finished it the night before and I got up early to rehearse it. And I was up in Canada for it. So it was like traveling and I got paid to speak, which I hadn't really done before. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. This is why I, I only got paid like $700 to go to Canada great, for three days. Dude. But I, I'm now an international speaker. I keynoted and I like... You know, like all these things came from this, like, and I got up early. I flew. It was just my flight. Was what, was it about, what was it about that speech that made you work so hard on it? So I, I think that's the point I want everyone to think about. It's the pressure of delivering on a paid speech, to be honest. Like I was like, dude, they're actually buying books from me. And it was like, I can't let them down. Like they, they, they flew me out here. I was in Chicago airport for like 10 hours on a layover. I've like, I have two young kids. I'm leaving at home right now. Like I've equally sacrificed and they've given me a shot, I guess. That's kind of complicated, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it was, I was curious about the, I thought it was going to be more material related, but it sounds like for you, you did well when there was like external pressure on you. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and well, I'm a, so I do stand up comedy, right? I used to, and I'm a firm believer in open mics and then you go to do 10 open mics and then you go to the, the, the improv and you had, you know, you get your time in there and then you cut your teeth and you're like, I got to do 10 more open mics and so 20 more open mics. 
And so I'd done all these talks. I did a tour this summer around the country and different cities, and I spoke for free. And then now I'm getting paid for it. And I was like, I've done my open mics. Like, I've, I, this is my gig. Like, I got a paid gig. And I, I, I've already done all this so many times, I have to deliver on it because I've, it's like I've worked my ass off for this. Yeah. The other, the other thing I just want Does to that resonate. That I don't know if that like makes sense. I guess I never really thought about what you were asking. So I'm more, yeah, like, I mean, it's interesting to reflect on the things that like we wake up earlier, we stay up late for. I, I think the other part I just want to highlight, I thought was so, so powerful. And sometimes the powerful things you just have to repeat and repeat and yeah. repeat and repeat to really have them uh, sink in. It's everybody, every company, every large company or medium company or whatever starts somewhere. And so you're like, Hey, it was only 700 bucks, but I'm like, Facebook started with one user, right? Microsoft started with one customer, uh, Apple and Amazon all started with one customer, right? And so wherever you're out there, just focus on the one, right? Like, and that's what, I, whenever I'm actually depressed in my company, if I'm ever like, man, we're not having revenue today or things are bad. I just, I'm like, let me go help one customer. And actually going back to the one customer, uh, has been a great way for me to kind of like get re-energized and realize like, oh shit, I'm actually helping people. Let me uh, keep going after that. And that's the goal is to help people. Yeah. And I don't generally feel that altruistic and like, I love helping and I want to help a million no, no, people. Like your business is helping and making their life easier. I think when you actually find that when people use your product and then they have a result from it that's positive, it's very satisfying. Yeah, very. It's, funny. it's funny you just mentioned this though because you just reminded me. I talked to my dad a couple of weeks ago and I'm speaking at Google in two months. Nice, dude. And my dad's like, oh, well, what are they paying you? I said, nothing. Like I'm going to be up there for work and they're making it happen and they're going to sell my book and... I'll be on the YouTube uh, channel for authors. Dude. He's like, but you're not getting paid? And I was like, no, dad, I really am not. Like, I, I, I know I have two kids and like, I should get paid to speak. <laughs> but this is going to be an amazing experience. And he, he, he couldn't understand like why it was important to do. So I think it's just interesting to think about the motivations of what makes you excited is like, you're right. That's a great way to think about it. We should end on this note is what you got up early to do and stay up late to, to finish, you know, and to work on. Yeah, I think that's great, man. A lot of people out there, I would say about half the people, what I've noticed is they're like, I don't have anything I'm excited about though. Right. So here's what I would recommend you do. Get the fuck up at 5 a.m. and spend four hours thinking about it and then just start doing shit. And text and text like, you that you're up. Text me at 5 a.m. that you're up and just start doing things. Cause I'll tell you like, it's the same as decor and it sounds so trivial, but whenever you do analogies, it's a good tip for my friend Neville. Whenever you do analogies, do physical analogies. It's easier mean? for people to process them. So the analogy is, is that when I was decorating this apartment, right, you can see I have some art shit. I spent nine months decorating because I was like, I don't know if I want this. I don't know if I want this. I don't know if I want this. But just putting things in place and just starting the train moving, just starting hanging up shit, just starting buying it, it got me things, it got me moving forward. And I was like, well, actually, I don't like this or I do like it or actually I don't care. Uh, and so for anyone who doesn't know what they want to be doing, just get going and start putting up the paintings and then you'll find out the things you like to do and you don't like to do a lot quicker than waiting around for it to happen to you. Absolutely. It's like you ex executing on a bl bad plan is then not executing on any plan. Right. Do you agree? Damn. Executing on a bad plan. Yeah. I would say in general, it's better to do something than to do nothing. Yeah. Right. Because from something you can either learn from it or it works. Right. That there's only two good outcomes. Do you do yoga? I don't do yoga. I don't do any of that hippie meditation shit. You don't? Nah, bro. So what I do, this is actually, I think I found this helpful. P90X? I've done P90X in Insanity. Yeah. Dude, I actually was thinking about Sean T last night. That guy's, I love Sean T. <laughs> you know Sean T? No. Uh, anyways, he, I was working out and he said this phrase. I'll give you a good phrase for everyone out there. 
He says, you, you can do anything for 15 seconds. That's and when I'm, and I, when I'm working out now, I always think about that phrase. Cause I think, you know, I can do this for a minute. You know, if you're doing something that sucks or I can do this for five minutes and I'm like, Shanti's right there, right there yelling at me. Do you work out with JR? Uh, I do work out with JR a lot. I've actually found, uh, it's, I, you know, I worked out at a new gym and I found that I like having someone tell me what to do because you're making, so, I think what you have to think about is you're making so many decisions during the day, you have to reduce the amount of decisions you make so that you, the ones that actually matter, you can use your decision power on. Um, and I like group workouts. I like group because it's like a little more camaraderie and you can like yell at each other and you can like bro hug afterwards. Um, and then there was a girl there who kicked my ass and I was like, yeah, kick my ass. And then it pushes me to go harder. Um, this paper thing, I thought, I actually think this is pretty interesting. In my morning, I'm like reviving, uh, redoing my morning routine. So I basically like make a list of things I want to do in the morning and then I keep changing it based on like what things I think actually help make the morning better or worse. So each day you like update it? Yeah, like today I tried doing, uh, watching a video on YouTube, like an educational video or a fun video, and then I started Hebrew, and I was like, man, I really like doing that, so I added that to my morning, and then, I don't know, maybe if in a few months it's not helping me feel good in the morning, but I think the point being is that uh, if you're building a house, you start with the foundation, and then you build the frame, so if in the beginning of every day, why not start with things you know make your day amazing, like if you know coffee or a breakfast, or for me, I'm doing caffeine-free this week, so I'm doing ice water every morning, and I know that reading every morning makes me feel good, so test out what things build your great foundation for the rest of the day and then keep uh, iterating on that. So from five to nine, you're focusing on work. When do you shut things off? That's actually, man, I've been a little fucked on that. Uh, bad choices on my behalf. Meaning what I do is I'll work five to, nine, five to nine and then I'll go nine to 12, which is fine. So I'm putting in seven hours of like good work. And you guys know what I mean. Good work is when you're like working on things that are moving forward, not just busy work and not like, oh, I'm on Reddit or I got lost in Facebook newsfeed world. Uh, I highly encourage everyone to remove their social apps, by the way, remove your social have apps you, and you get your life back. Have you done that? Yeah. All I have is snap the Snapchat thing and I have, so you can see like my home screen. Um, all I have is Snapchat cause I only spend like a few minutes on it a day and, and like, but Facebook and Instagram, they're great. But after like, you know, 15 minutes every day using it, I'm like, I've learned nothing. Shut up, Alexa. Bad girl. Um, <laughs> uh, but look, here's the thing that's really, Alexa, I am talking Pipe here. down, Alexa. You are so rude. Yeah, I got rid of Facebook on my phone and it's... Dude. It's, well, I had a kid, my first baby, I'm in bed, my kid's crying and I'm just scanning through Facebook Alexa, stop. with like terrible people that I don't even talk to anymore and like lurking on their page. And I was like, I have a kid. What the hell am I doing? Well, here's what's crazy, dude. So I, I think on average with you do it on the toilet and then you do it when you're sitting and then you start just making a habit out of it. And then you're just, so literally if you do 15 minutes a day, I was just calculating 15 minutes a day, 365 days a year is 91 hours, right? That's four days of your life. You've literally like just sat and looked at stupid shit that didn't do anything. Yeah. And I'm not saying that every moment has to be productive and money right. due making, right. it, do, it doesn't. But I just want people to be a little bit aware of like, all right, could you be reading a book? Could you be hanging out with a friend? Could you be learning? Is there something that you actually that moves your life forward? Have you ever like, taken a challenge where you, like you've like not brought your phone into your bedroom? And then like you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, what do I do? I don't have my phone. And then you start thinking about stuff and you're like, oh, I'm going to play on my day. Like I've done that before. I'm like, I need to, I need to do some work tomorrow. I'm going to think about that right now. And then you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I know what I'm going to do today because I didn't check Facebook at three in the morning or I didn't. Look at yeah. Twitter to see what was going totally, on in the dude. news. Totally. I keep my phone over here. I keep it out of the bedroom at night. One thing I've been experimenting with that the past two months have been working really well, I have a bunch of fucking note cards by my desk. And every night, I just write the things I really want to do the next day. 
So like today, we're, oh, I threw it away already. But like I started this one. So this is the one I'm going to do for Monday. It's like OK Dork calendar and list for this guy named, that I'm going to work with. So make a list for him that he needs. And I just kind of like every night I do it in the morning. I'm like, OK, cool. Let me go through my checklist. And then I have my morning routine checklist. And then I have my shit I want to get done checklist. And that's your to-do list? Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty. It's actually been really good because like I put even basic shit like cut my nails. Yeah. Well, it makes you feel good when you do it. Totally. You're like, oh, I'm already accomplished something. I cut my nails. Yeah, man. Or like you put stuff you've already done. Do you ever do that? Where like you're like, oh, I need to email like so and so at Google, and then I've like already done it, so I just add it anyway, so I can get rid of it. No, no. Because well, I've already done it. It's on my to-do list. It's just I want to make it official. No, it's on your done list, dude. That doesn't count. That makes me feel good. <laughs> That's the thing, dude. I think everyone should do whatever works. It's, but for it them makes me it. feel good. Like I'm like, oh, I did ten things today, and I need to count exactly, that. Exactly, man. You, I think people need to experiment what works for them. So all the things we've talked about, like. You know, go try some of out. Try caffeine free for a week. Try waking up early. Try like having an accountability partner. Try having a morning routine. Try whatever it is like for depression. Try some of the things. Uh, explore what you used to like and go back and do it. And ultimately, like only through self like exploration and experimentation are you going to find like the things that give you that enjoyment. Like for example, I'm I haven't drank all of January. That's a I think a very like white millennial thing to do uh, nowadays. But I've actually found like I'm happier consistently. Right. Like I'm not waking up being like, wow, I feel depressed. Oh, it's like, dude, because you did a bunch of drugs two nights ago. Yeah. I don't know why I feel sad. Oh, you remember those like, that drinks you had? Yeah, that's why. Um, without drinking, I've also noticed continuity. So I'd explore, you know, I encourage people to try out everything. Not everything. I'd, one thing at a time and then see how it affects their life. And then add it in or take it out depending if, you know, how it affects it. So we need to get to 100,000 downloads an episode. Yes, Brian. That's your goal. Bro, seriously. And so talk, to, to talk in the closing about the podcast and yeah. how, how, how can we help get you there? Well, if, if you're listening right now, open up your phone, uh, go to the podcast app or Stitcher or Google Play and then search for Noah Kagan, K-A-G-A-N, uh, and then just subscribe. I'd mean a lot. That'd mean a lot to me. And if you want to share it, no one will. So don't. Uh, but just subscribe. I really appreciate it. And, and leave then a I'd review. Love feedback. If they can leave a review. Yeah. No one's going to do that either. Because it's a huge. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to text me at 5 a.m., you better leave a review. How about that? Well, you already have 400 some reviews, so it's obviously going well. Yeah, people like, seem to be enjoy listening. I will tell you, like, someone asked me recently, like, what have, what's been, because I've been, you know, sumo.com and a lot of what I've built my career on has been email lists. Uh, so podcast is a very interesting medium, man. It's been so shocking. Well, like, number one, you don't know how much people actually listen. Nah, data is uh, terrible. You don't, dude, it's really wild. You can actually figure it out. So you can actually put in, like, challenges, like, middle of your show, put something to see if they take action to see if uh -huh. they're listening. Um, like this, I put my phone number in your show. I wonder if anyone's going to text. Yeah, exactly. I bet one day, whenever you release it, one morning I'll be like, who the fuck is these people? <laughs> Some guy in like Australia's it, hitting you up and it's actually like three yeah. in the morning. It's Andy, no, you've been a wanker. You've been a total wanker, bitch. I yeah. was like, Andy, who are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the medium's been different. The I, I didn't realize uh, that people can't see me, that it's all in their earlobes and their ear canals. And I was like, oh, so I have to actually change what I say. I didn't realize that equipment mattered. Yeah. So I went out and had to go buy expensive equipment. That's a good microphone. That's pretty cheap. It's like 70 bucks. I know you're talking shit on me, dude. Um, what about, yeah, it's definitely the same microphone I have. Um, so then now you've just started it. So you have, a, have you, did you get featured in Apple? I don't know. I haven't, you know, it's been interesting. It's kind of what you asked me in the beginning. Like, um, man, congratulations on launch. And I'm actually more interested in day 365. Like, yeah. how do I keep it interesting and exciting for me to want to continue it? And at the end of the year, hit my goal. Uh, but I don't actually generally look at the rankings. So, so for me, my, I started my podcast to help write my book because I wanted to get, you know, connections with people. I wanted to feature in my book and I wanted to, um, build relationships with people. And then I, I, I like stand up comedy back in the day. So I like connecting with audiences. If you were to say like, those are my three reasons why I validated 
the podcast? Like, what would you say were the three main reasons why it was time for you to do one? I think number one, I have conversations with specific people that I thought were so good. I wanted them to be shared. That was number one. Uh, why am I excited to keep doing it? It kind of, it motivates me to like come up with new ideas. Number two and, and three, I like marketing. So as much as I like creating the content and interviewing people and my show is not mostly interviews, it's like half just me doing business experiments and case studies and uh, book reviews. Uh, but I actually love marketing. And so the challenge of how do I get people to listen to it uh, is, is also what motivates me. What's the, what was the biggest way you challenge yourself to reach a new audience or get people to listen? Yeah, so what I've noticed, in, and I've done marketing for Mint.com, done marketing for AppSumo and Sumo.com, I think there's, what I've noticed is three things, and, and they're probably, it's going to evolve over time, but there's three ways that I've noticed to grow a podcast. Uh, number one is have an email list, right? So if you can build an email list of any sort, even 100 people, use Sumo.com, plug. Um, it's free for the first, for, for. It's free. Yeah. It's free to start, and we've actually made it even more free this week. Uh, but number one, having an email list of any size is a great way to actually get your podcast growing. Uh, because people can learn about you, and if they want to learn more, that's actually kind of a unique side point, is that podcast is for your real fans. Mm -hmm. New people will kind of find you, but the podcast is for people who are like, fucking love you. They want to hear you more and more. Uh, that's why people buy tons of books of authors. They want more and more of their stuff. Second thing uh, is either is crazy big-name guests. So if you're just getting the guests that everyone else is getting on, you're not going to get attention. Right. Uh, you know, certain shows that get big, big name guests, that expands the reach of the show because people are like, holy shit, you got like uh, Hugh Jackman, right? right? Or like Ryan Felipe. Uh, and so those will actually shift the audience size. For me, it's also as much as I can get bigger people potentially, I also want people that I'm just interested to hear their story. That, that's, that's my own thing. And then lastly, being on other people's shows. So when you're doing marketing, the biggest thing is you have to be on the same channel. Specifically, so if you're trying to grow a newsletter, why don't you, you have to do things in other people's newsletters. If you're a website, you probably should do things that are going to be on other people's websites. If you're a podcast, you probably should be on other people's podcasts. And so those are the three things that I've noticed in terms of marketing uh, for podcasts that probably apply to other things. And people can go to okdork.com. I've put my, my marketing strategies are all there and you can copy them. It's um, so going a Louis C.K. idea, uh, which I can share. But yeah, if you want to know more about how I do marketing and stuff like that, okdork.com. And sumo.com is your website? Sumo.com is the marketing tools that we built for us to do our own marketing for AppSumo, and I use on my own personal site, OKDork. And OKDork, what, that's just your own blog? It's a blog about marketing, actionable marketing tips. Okay. So this the is... Thing, a, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, i got to share it because it's so good. Is that Louis C.K. I was watching. If you have not watched Talk Funny, you've got it. You've seen it, right? No, what is it? Is it special? You fucking kidding me? Uh-uh. Holy crap, put this in the show notes. It's like Talk Funny. I'll see you in the link right now. Dude, it is exceptional. Okay. But there's so much good business advice from it. Um, well, he did that amazing self-distribution tour where he booked his own tour and he made his own you know, download video. He didn't go through Comedy Central or Ticketmaster like for his one-hour comedy special. Like yeah, he, dude. Yeah, he's, he's an entrepreneur. Dude, he's, he's dope. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. But what he did in that, he said in that video, and I'm gonna, I'll send it to you. Is and he, wanna... he going to come on your podcast? Dude, I should get him. Huh? expanding. Should I get him? I'll yeah. get him. All right. I'm putting him on my list. Yeah. All right, fine. I'm going to tell him, hey, Ryan Williams said you have to do this. Ryan Williams, the people are asking for it. The people want it. Uh, actually, that's a kind of a quick tip I can give anyone. All right, so I'm sending you that link. If you ever email someone, you never have to say the size of your audience. You never. just have to say that you have a size audience. Exactly. People are always like, 
Oh, yeah, I don't have an audience. Do you have more than one? Yeah, then you have an audience. I had Seth Godin on, and he was like, yeah, if you have, if you have 500 people, that's 500 people. He's like, it doesn't matter. Exactly. So that's a funny story. Two people have ever asked for my audience size. They both were octogenarians. They were 80 years old. One was Larry King, who turned me down because my audience size wasn't big enough. And the other one was Bob Lefsitz. He's this like cranky music executive that has a big email newsletter. And only two people have ever asked me my audience size. Everyone else is just like, look, if you have good guests, you are professional, you seem like you're a smart person, let's do it. Uh, it's been interesting. So the Louis C.K. part as well, to finish that, yeah. um, is that, and, and this is what I thought was so interesting. He gives away his best jokes in the beginning, so it forces him to keep innovating. And I just thought that was so powerful. So I'm trying to stay in that mindset of like, Noah, whatever you think is your best, keep giving that away first and keep giving that away first. Don't be like, oh, I'll save it or I'll put it out later. Give your best of away and that'll challenge you to keep growing uh, and improving. Well, it's like kind of like when you go to a job interview and they, you like, I had a job interview in England, in London for this company called state.com and you've never heard of it. We raised like $14 million and you know, went out of business recently, but I worked for free in London for a week. Like I was at Machinima and I left my job to take a vacation to go apply for a new job. And I was like, I need to leave everything on the table when I'm here. Like I got to leave every, you have to leave everything on the table because at the very least, you know, it's always going to be inside of you. You can push yourself to the next level, right? Like I think if you go after something, like a lot of people, they get nervous. Like, oh, I don't want to share everything. Like, don't you want to share everything? And then I, I'm the belief like you over deliver. And if people want more then that's, they know how dedicated and, you know, specifically you want to help them do whatever they want to do better. Do you, do you agree? Well, I don't understand the last part. So it's like, if you like want a job and like, you're worried like, oh, I'm not, you know, or you have a podcast or you have a blog post. It's like, when do you, when is it ever a good idea to hold back? Like, shouldn't you always take everything and go like full tilt to the level where people like look at you like you're over delivering. So they want more like you really like one shot to really grab someone. Attention is like that. One of the scarcest commodities. Number one is time. And then number two probably is attention. And if you could get people's attention to actually want to listen to you and excited to hear your stuff, like do whatever it takes. Yeah. So Lucy, and one by one, man. So Luke, I mean, is I, you it, know, so Luke he says inspired you. Louis CK. Yeah. I mean, one by one, dude, like now when I talk to people like, Hey Ryan, do you like, for example, did you subscribe to the podcast? Mine? Uh, yeah. Dude. All right. And then I'm, I'm now I have to go subscribe to yours cause I haven't done it yet. Don't, yeah. don't be mad. I'm going to leave a review too. Dude. I like it. But you know, what's actually funny. I do this one by one and a lot of people, I'm just writing it down. Um, a lot of people are like, why haven't you done this yet? Like a lot of people are like, how do I get more marketing? I'm like one by one, just yeah. one by one. Ask people brick by they brick. They want some like big shortcut. I'm like, dude, just go one by one. Brick by brick. So oh, is your show not even live yet? What's that? Is it not live yet? What? Your show. I just sent you it and... Oh, okay. Send me the link. Yeah. No, it's the Rhino Lab. We looked at the logo. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to leave like, a dude, review gonna... and I'm going to subscribe. And I'm going to... I work... A friend of mine, I'm going to ask him to leave a review too. Dude, you're um, too good. You're so, too good. So that's the goal here, right? It's collaboration. It's all about collabing and making it a win-win for people. Um, so ultimately... Everyone knows where to find you. We've gotten talk about depression, marketing hacks. Um, what is something that you're looking to do that you haven't done yet as far as uh, business goes? You got the gum. You did jerky. Yeah, so I've done the jerky business. Um, what am I really looking forward to? I'm looking forward to working in Israel. Oh, yeah? That's actually oh, what you're I'm really Jewish? excited about. I had no idea. No, nah, a little bit Jewish. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. Have you not heard me whine this whole time? <laughs> You've made like seven Jewish jokes in the first five minutes. Well, I'm single too. Nunch, nunch. Uh, just kidding. No, I'm not. Uh, That's why you asked me my demo. 
You're like, oh, how much of your audience is female? Yeah, what's the female Jewish population of your listeners? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I want to be, you know, I think what people have to do is figure out how do you set up your life to live the life you want? Like, how do you set up the, your life to live the life you want? And I really wanted to work in Israel and my family's there and I want to not be in an office and I want to try working in new environments like because I, I know I like it because I do them for a weekend and I, I think you should test it out. And I've, you know, tested working for a weekend or a week somewhere and I'm like, let me go work there for a month or two. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. So you don't and work I think remotely and just bring all your work over there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the internet's everywhere. It's so cool. I think everyone should try to create and think about, like, have, they should have something to look forward to, just always. Like, I think that's one of the best things in life. Like, how do you create more things that you're looking forward to? Like, in the next month, in the next week, in the next year. That just makes life fun to live. So going to Israel gets you fired up to, like, look forward to that. Oh, dude, it's awesome. I'm, like, thinking of people I can meet, so I'm asking for referrals now. Uh, I'm looking up like places to go. I'm studying Hebrew on like, I use italki.com, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to look, I'm super looking forward to it. And then ultimately you can still run everything operationally from anywhere in the world. So you, how long are you to go there for? Uh, my plan is a month, but maybe two. Uh, it's kind of like I, I booked an Airbnb sometimes in life. I think people just need to go for it. Like for me, I did a marathon back in the day and I just bought the, the ticket for the marathon. I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to train now. Same with this thing. I just bought my flight and got an Airbnb. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going now. Uh, and so it just kind of pushes you to like, you know, go over the limit and just go for it. When are you going? Uh, going all of June. So you're going to do the podcast so, from Israel? Yeah. I'm going to try to find interesting Jews out there. Or maybe I'll travel to other European countries and, and meet people. Or I'll just do episodes myself, like starting a business in a foreign country. What's that like? Or trying to start a business uh, in America while you're abroad. Have you, you written, know, like a SaaS business. Have you written many books? No, I have one book on Amazon. I mean, you can just search my name and find it. I wouldn't really, it's not worth talking about. Okay. Um, so why did you ask that? What's that? I know that's really what? depressing. What's that? No, no, no. But why did you ask that? That's interesting. Uh, because it sounds like you have a whole book that you could write about going to Israel and like starting a business or running your business remotely while you're in Israel or huh. like traveling, looking for Jews to interview for your podcast in <laughs> Israel. Like any three of those things would be a great first chapter of a book to talk about your business and how you do yeah. things to look forward to. You know, I think about with podcasts and books and stuff like that, you need to do stuff so you have stuff to talk about. If you're like, I don't know, I don't have anything to talk about, go do stuff, and then you'll have stuff to talk about. So sometimes I'm like, less talk, more do. Yeah, so like, you, you seem like that's a good entry point, because you talk about your acronyms, and you talk about your, all of your uh, business philosophy with your company. So like that alone gives you some credibility as a business person, and then you have all these tangential stories about like going to Israel that you could talk about? Like you have a book already in you. I imagine you're going to write it soon. I think the story is still going. So I'm not, you know, it's kind of, I think there's always this interesting thing about what others expect of you versus what you really want yourself. And for me, my goal is around the podcast and maybe towards the end of the year, I'll be like, Hey, I, this is, I want to put in a book because I want to be on the New York times or some shit, but I have like zero interest in that right now. It doesn't even cross my mind. Um, I just think I can reach more people and get my message out there better through podcast, YouTube or my blog. Well, everyone needs a, some sort of on-demand channel, I believe. Like a podcast is great because mm. like, you want people to find you. So like if you give a talk or you meet someone at a party and they have an iTunes, it's like even iPhone, you can, you can find out what I'm all about right now, right? It's pretty wild. Like that's amazing. So I can go meet someone and like, oh, you have a podcast? I love podcasts. But it, ultimately, like if you have an app or something that's on a mobile phone, then anyone can connect with you and learn more about you. It's almost like a resume. Like if they Google me, I don't want them to find my podcast and – like, oh, Ryan's about this. Like, and I just did a really big episode on depression a couple weeks ago that I was incredibly nervous about. It talked about like my balance. Why were you nervous about that? 
uh, because I was super vulnerable and I didn't want like my family and close friends to hear it because I thought what they that, say, Oh, sorry. Keep going. Keep well, I thought that they because could, thought. I thought cause they were with me during that phase and they know what I went through and I was worried. They thought that I was revealing too much because they, they don't get it that it's okay to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, but I just got an email from my buddy from college a couple of days ago. Who's like, Oh my God, I was there during that. And I didn't even really know what you're going through. Like I went through my depression. I stopped drinking and it like opened up a dialogue with someone who I thought would maybe like have looked at things differently. Like, Oh, I can't believe you're sharing that with everyone. Cause yeah, it, totally dude. Cause a lot of people have a stigma, even though there's not, there still is a big stigma. Like don't show your weakness. Like I had friends were like, you're such a pussy, like suck it up, man. You're not depressed. You know, like these are people that I thought really? like, are you like, still friends with them? No, that's one of my solutions okay. is you need to like stop being, you need to eliminate negative people. Like if anyone makes you feel depressed and isn't encouraging, it's either you're with me or against me. And if you're not with me, then it, I didn't have time. So I had to eliminate those people. But these were my close friends from college. I had to stop going to their weddings, like in their 20s. Because I was like, this is making me feel like shit. And so my friend was like, dude, I didn't have no idea. So it's funny that like that podcast episode revealed a lot, but it was nerve wracking to think that what people close to me would think about it. Hmm. I mean, it's funny that uh, people are like, man, you're so vulnerable, so honest. And it's like, I think that's how you create deeper, great relationships. Like just share things about yourself, about who you really are. And like, I don't know. You're all, this, this game, life, we play once. There's no rewind. That's it. Go for it. And it's like you can start a conversation with someone about it. And then, like, I actually had someone email me today, like, literally, dude, like, an hour ago. That's like, yeah, I had suicidal thoughts. And he wrote me a poem. And he was like, hey, like, I, I don't know how to react to it. But, like, he just is like, hey, uh, here's a poem. I can't find it right now. Oh, yeah. I, too, have considered suicide. So I wrote you a rhyme. It's about how to survive. Dude, that's pretty damn good. How's the rhyme? Uh, it's pretty good. He's an entrepreneur, and he's like, um, oh my God, it's a long line. Today was another low point, despite the high point just before it. And all around me, what comes after astounding, internally tongue lashes loudly, sordid speech I write out of me, spending this time more important via this rhyme I'm anointed, connected crept in through your porous, oh, Gamel, your fantasy is nothing more than a story. Smiling face, cool guy, whom no meds, but each day I choose life. Tell me who you trust, together, them or us. It's, there's a lot more. Um, this guy's, damn, it's interesting. Took a step backward, looked in the ashes, then the mirror, felt the fear of being at risk, at times nearing the madness. Why am I here? Interaction, plus we're here, finish it, even the last is. I mean, that's like, there's still like a lot more to read. So. Did they help that guy to hear about my depression, you know? That's yeah, cool. man. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. This has been great. Um, I'll make it two episodes. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Well, because I feel like, to your point, like, we don't know when people stop listening. And I'd rather have people listen to, like, two 30-minute episodes or two 40-minute episodes than, like, one where they may dry, dry off and, anyway, drag on. Yeah, it's funny because I you, you can I think you've noticed it too, and I don't know you could edit this part out. Like sometimes I notice with episodes, I'm like, oh, I'm tired here. Like you know, one of the biggest things. This is or a like wild I didn't thing eat about... lunch today, and I'm interviewing. I like it took me like five minutes oh to warm up, and I'm hangry. Um, <laughs> You're such a what I've noticed, though, I am. Everything's their fault. You know, one thing you I've noticed. Snapchat on your phone. Stop it! I've got a point to make, <laughs> um, and I, I've actually got a rock. I'm sure you got to go too. Yeah. Uh, everyone always says that, which I hate, by the way. Hey, how can I help <laughs> you? 
No, well, everyone's like, oh, I got to go. They're like, no, I've got to go too. I'm like, shut the fuck up. No, I'm already leaving, actually. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I have a meeting uh, a minute before your meeting. Um, (laughs) I'm a little more important than you. I got to go. God damn it, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I would say, you know what? That's actually really helped me improve my game and up-level myself. All right, I'll see you later. No, uh, I gotta go. What were you saying? What were you saying? <laughs> it's like you know what? If you ever want to get someone to pay attention, just that was good it. acting. Actually, I totally. I was like, what a dick! I can't believe he's leaving. What a okay, fucking bitch. Uh, I'm sorry, your uh, last no. thought. Then we'll let you go. So yeah, this is one thing. One preface things that makes people pay attention. So hey, you know the most important thing that happened today? All right, see it. No. So this has actually been really uncomfortable for me, and it's actually probably been my most professional growth in the past six months. Uh, and it's from my friend David Cadavy, uh, who's got a great podcast too. Uh, love your work. What David said, he's like, do you got to go re-listen to your audio? It's like writing a blog post. You don't do blog posts and then never edit them. So same with podcasts or video and just all aspects of your professional career. Like go re-watch, re-learn, not re-learn, go re-watch, go re-read, go re-study what you've done in the past to see how you can improve. Because I was doing my first shows and I would be like, all right, one hit and done. And he's like, dude, you've got to go keep listening to them. So like I started listening to my old YouTube videos this morning. That was one of my checklist things. And I was like, man, I used to have smart things to say. Uh, but it also made me think, oh, I should have said this then and that then. And I think that is a great way for anyone to improve is to study what they did in the past uh, to be able to improve the future. Which actually is really hard to do in a lot of ways because you're so it's self-critical. So dude, it's so uncomfortable. And I hate hearing myself talk, you know, like to, even on really? a podcast. Do you? you really? I, I don't hear myself talk at all. No, I thought I would, but I listened to every one of my shows a few times and I'm like, because I used to think I have like this Jewish nasally voice, like hello, it's Shlomo, no, but I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, you're like, you don't sound like Larry King. You're like the modern day Larry King. So, uh, oh, shit, I'd take that any day. Um, so he turned me down though. That's the bummer of it all. Well, here's the thing: how much have you persisted on getting him on your show? Okay, so I was. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story, and then we got to go. Seriously, you have yeah, to. Yeah, I have a thing. At, I had a thing at three, dude. So I have a. Um, I used to call his radio show as a kid, and I was the Red Baron. That's how I got the nickname, was from Larry King. And so I used to call his radio show, I'd be like, hey, Larry, it's the Red Baron. Des Moines, Iowa, hello. It's like, hey, Larry, it's the Red Baron. I'm going to be, and I was going to go to Washington, D.C. with my family that summer. So I met him at a restaurant called Duke Zebert's that he used to always go to in D.C. We hung out with him. I wore my red sweater. I was 12 years old. Cut to five years later, my parents live in Washington, D.C. They see him at a payphone at a steakhouse where they're eating. My mom says, I'm the Red Baron's mom. I want to say hi to you. Larry says, come down to the studio. Come see the, the TV show. So cut to that. Move to L.A. 20 years later, I'm at the Palm in West Hollywood with my wife. We're celebrating the fact that I got hired by a startup that was funded by Warner Brothers. Larry King's eating there. I go up to him and say, hey, Larry, I'm the Red Baron. I used to call your radio show. I had a much higher pitched voice when I was a kid, but I was a Red Baron back then. He ended up remembering me. I sat down with his kids. I told him about the radio show. So I told his team all of that, and he still turned me down. Damn. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused. Why do you, so you got to persist with it, dude. That's, you know, a lot of the best things in my life is because I keep going and going and okay. going and going and going. I'll persist. I can email this other guy I know. But uh, so we're all going to we're going to re- review the podcast. We're going to uh, subscribe. And then we're also going to recommend guests in the comments on your iTunes page. Cool. That's Whatever good... you guys want to do, man. Yeah. I don't really, I'm not, I'm, most of the guests I'm looking for are ones that I'm just interested in. Like I read a book about someone. So like, I'm going to go fly out to Atlanta and meet him next week. Who are your top um, five guests that you want to get besides Louis CK? So that's actually funny. I, what I have is I call it my untouchables uh-huh. and I have a list of the un- un- unattainables. And every morning I spend 10 minutes getting a hold of an unattainable. And, uh, and so that's been fun. My number one is uh, Jeff Bezos. That's okay. my number one. 
Um, a few other ones I really want to get, Michael Jordan, Mike Posner, who's actually I know, so I'm going to probably get him. Uh, Louis C.K. now. I don't know if he's on the list. I'll put him on the list. Yeah, you put him on. Louis C.K. Uh, I wanted to meet the founder of World Star Hip Hop, but he just died. So oh, no. I, I'm going to take him off the list. Um, and then, you know, oh, Bo Jackson. That'd be really oh, he'd cool. would be sick, yeah. All right, yeah. So every morning, you just got to put I a little it. bit of time into it. All right, no, I'll let you go, my friend. Take it easy. See you soon. Smooches. Later. Thanks, bro.